0: Whoops! Uh
1: Oh (laughs) oh! Good evening, one and all. Welcome along. It is season four, episode fifty. We've made it to fifty, Paul.
0: I think we start to feel that age, to be honest. Rather than the actual episode number,
1: (laughs) it's very true. So we're just we're 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 just in tonight for a short show. We decided you you lovely people would like to see our faces, and as we can see, Joe is already. You know, sending us the messages. There's Paul, clean shaven for you guys. I want to play out. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, per- perfectly manicured.
0: I'll try my best.
1: Try my best. <laughs> there we go. So, look, as we said tonight, we're just going to have a short show. We'll probably be wrapped up in 25 minutes, half an hour. But we said we'd, we, we'd keep you guys up to date. And Joe, with the killer comment there.
0: Yeah, we knew that was coming, Joe. We knew that was coming. <laughs> like, you're not the only one that's quite happy about it. Like, don't get me wrong, wish Kelly more all the best. I hope oh. he does well uh, wherever he goes, which I think it's Sunday, uh, Sunday LA, Champions. Los Angeles. Yeah, so, and we played him this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, so it should be interesting, but it comes in I just hope whoever it becomes a new offensive quarter I really hope they don't treat players like friends and actually treat players like players and actually tell them what to actually do and you off yeah. like and actually take more responsibility so that's all I can hope for yeah and I mean
1: look that look this was one of the things we, we, we said we were going to talk about in our pre, preamble before, before we yeah. went live. That's right. And I mean, it's, look, it's really the place to start. Sunday night, the NFC championship game finishes and boom, Gary Jones does his
0: thing. The king of, I don't know what, he, he just knows how to like be the party pooper. But, yeah, that's what he is. Jerry Jones can be the yeah. king of the party poopers, pretty much. Like, yeah. just, just right when, where the Eagles were just about to pretty much lift their trophy, blah, 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 who gives a trap? Jerry comes in, he's like, oh, yep, boom. Mm-hmm. Kelly Moore's on over the Cowboys, and Twitter exploded within Cowboys Nation. It was chaotic. Yeah. Like, there was, a lot, there was a lot of praise. There was some people saying, oh, we've had... Two years statistically had one of the best first in two years in a row. Mm-hmm. Yes and no. Yep. The the no part is the consistency part, and that was the problem. And yep. making really wild plays that never ever worked. Yep. and and I think that was the the boiling point really for Mike McCarthy to really step in. And I'm glad, mm-hmm. I'm glad Mike McCarthy is acting like a head coach. He's trying to make changes. To yeah. really improve this football team. So I gotta give McCarthy credit and for, even for Jerry as well to kind of, it's like, because we all know like Kellen and Jerry, like that's one of our, oh, it's more Stephen Jones quote. It's like, that's one of our guys type of thing, yeah. you know? And yeah, we've actually managed to break the cycle with that and we're no longer under the, there's no many Jason Garrett guys there anymore.
1: I don't think there's any at this
0: stage. I don't think there is. Don't think there is. So, you know, and like, I'm very interested though, Brian, who we're going to bring in as a new quarterback coach. That's what I'm very interested in. But not so much all kinds of quantity, but yeah. a QB coach. Because yeah. I, w- I want to see what a change and um, approach they're going to mm. go towards that Because obviously, yeah. this, this is going to be a big transition year for Dak, mm. um, for for next season.
1: Yeah, I mean, the the name that I, that that came to my mind straight away, and we talked about we we mentioned this on um, um, Sunday night. Yeah. For me, if you want to get the best out of Dak Prescott, Dan Mullen is your guy. Mm. Whether he wants to leave his TV job is a whole other thing. And Joe's just said it in the in the comments there. The other guy for me, John Kettner. Absolutely, I would love to see John Kitten coming back.
0: Yeah, he's got a proven record as well. Whenever he did, whenever he did coach. so I don't see yeah. why not. Like, but whether may he may have some names on his mind as well. So we, we'll, it's it's going to be a process, like yeah. any other any other job right now. So, and I and I think believe I believe that the OC job is now under the Rooney rule. Is that correct? I didn't hear anything about that yet. Well, <laughs> like I'm pretty sure there was something that was. um Mentioned, I kind I of remember if it was an article or it was a tweet to an article, but it was mentioned like uh, yeah. because uh, because of the type of role it is as well, like it, it can now go under the running rule as yeah. well. So, <laughs> um, so it'll be interesting to see who we do kind of bring in for interviews and stuff like that as well. So yeah, I, I'm excited actually. Actually, I'm quite excited of this aspect that we're coming into next season with a fresh new approach in terms of offense. More yeah. like if we're, are going we to be more having? And I think this is the key word we're going to have. Like, if there's one thing we didn't have was an ad- identity within our offense. Like, don't yeah. get me wrong. Like, Lamb we had a great season. I ran a bit, but there was no clear identity within that offense. It was very wishy washy. Yeah, like all I'm, over. The, it was all over the place. But yeah, yeah, yeah we put points in the board. But if we were to get the ball rolling, they, yeah, we stuck to that game plan. But whenever things weren't working, it was like try this and try that and do this yeah. and do that. It was just like what? Like where's the game plan here? And that's yeah. again that kind of goes back to I think that's why McCarthy decided right enough's enough. Like I'm I'm done mm-hmm. with this experiment. I, I listened to Jerry. I said I know you want to keep him as your OC, but let me pick my guy. I want as our OC, and mm-hmm. let's see what we can do and try and get you that Super Bowl ring, So, I'm all for it. Yeah.
1: And, like, I'm just going to bring up Steve's comment here in a second. But, I mean, the one thing that kept popping into my mind during the draft, it didn't seem to make a lot of sense to me. And Mike kept saying, no, I know what they're trying to do. I can understand what they're trying to do. They brought in a lot of big guys. They brought in a couple of tight ends. They were moving. and." The linemen they were bringing in were deemed to be for the running game. And it seemed to just be a power struggle. I don't know if it was evident or not between Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy that Kellen didn't seem to play the game the way Mike McCarthy wanted. And it brings mm. us back round to Steve's questions, which you know, what are your thoughts on McCarthy calling the place? Mm. I don't mind. Mm-hmm. I don't
0: mind. Like he did it with Green Bay, yeah. So, yep. and he kind of like obviously like he he had a lot of good successful years. He was the one that was pretty much calling the plays during the whole um Des caught it scenario. Yep. So and looked how good Green Bay were during that season. Mm. So um I I don't mind that um yeah. I f- I think he's actually one that I I think he in a way. Again, I'm gonna praise McCarthy for doing this because he's putting more of a target on his back by doing that. Yeah, like he's he's taking more responsibility, and, and that's a fact. Like you don't be you just be a head coach and you become the OC at, at the same time, calling plays. Yeah. So whether he'll stick to doing that and might want to bring someone in, we don't know. That's that's yeah. a uh, ongoing mystery right now.
1: Yeah, like I mean, I've heard that he's. Potentially looking at, um, I think it's the former Panthers passing game coordinator. He's looking at a quarterbacks coach, I think, who's with San Francisco right now. And he's looking at one of the offensive coaches from
0: that team that we dare not mention. See, I would I would not mind getting that guy from San Francisco, to be honest. Yeah. For, for the guy, what he's done for San Francisco to get... Three quarterbacks, sorry, four quarterbacks four. now, yeah. Like, and still managed to get them into like. Don't give it. Well, is it who was the fourth quarterback that played against First the Eagles? Johnson. <sighs> the back is it was against as wall, like, yeah. I, like, but I think for all things considering, <sighs> with all the pressures, the fact, what more could they done? Really, yeah. Uh, but for what he did, what he did with Brock Purdy was an exceptional job. I will give mm. him, give him credit. So if he can do anybody wonders, well, uh, Mr. Irrelevant with a guy with very low expectations and actually play some, like, really safe, conservative passing game football, which it's not mm. going to be the highlight reels, but it's going to put you points in the board and it's going to keep you, keep you alive when it comes to going into the, uh, the next, uh, Game by game basis, pretty much. Yeah. So I'm I'm quite in favor. I, I like the idea of the guy from San Francisco. That'll yeah. That would quite be quite interesting.
1: And like that, look, there's going to be other names that are going to be mentioned in the next few weeks. So, yeah. You know, like ultimately, I think we we we've said this on the program many the time before, is that you know the first 15 to 20 plays are scripted. So that's work that's done between the head coach and the offensive coordinator. Yeah. So. There's, you know, somewhere between 40 and 60 plays then that the offensive coordinator has got to, to pick over the course of the game. And that all depends on how the game is going, the rhythm of the game, what's working, what kind of team you're playing, you know. So, I mean, if, if it's McCarthy that's going to be the de facto O.C., You'd you'd want to see possibly someone with a you know coming in with a kind of a West Coast offense,
0: yes, just,
1: just supplement that same run, run heavy game that McCarthy might want.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think for like for the pro style, I think a West Coast offense is probably the best suited for DAG, especially. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like it's a, it's a it's fair contribution all across it, both passing and offensive like and rushing as well. So. Yeah. I'm in favor of that. I'm not in favor of a college-style offense that Kaelin Moore did. Like, don't get me wrong, there was some place he did good, whatever in yeah. that. But overall, I just didn't think it. It for me personally, I just, I just no was not a fan of it. Even despite two years in a row, we were were well ranked as a top mm. offense, but it didn't yeah. fe- it didn't feel like we were a top offense. That's the problem. Yeah. It didn't feel like it. Like, yeah. Can feeling a about feelings here? Jeez, oh.
1: <laughs> well, no, I mean, I think you're dead right in what you're saying because for me, and you, you've said this consistently all year long, and I've said the word already, it's consistency. There's no yeah. consistency to the game plan. There's no consistency from game to game. There's no consistency in terms of style of play, anything like that. And that's the most frustrating thing is because you know, what was it last year? I think we put up a couple of 50 burgers in our last three games and got blown out by the 49ers. Mm -hmm. We've put up a couple of big scores closing out the season and still got blown out by the 49ers again. You know, so it's doing it against those better teams that will
0: shut down the run. I think another thing as well, and, and I made this point with Meg on the World's team, was it last week or the week before, about Um, when you compare Kellen Moore to Scott Linehan, Mm. like, and how he utilized players, I think was a bit of a mistake. I think how we utilized Zeke in a way is try to convert him into that more power back style running back. Mm. Like, don't get me wrong, like, Tony Parler's been fantastic. And, and I still say Zeke is still a fundamental part of this team. I will yeah. go, I will say that to the to my grave. I think Zeke is one of the most important players in our team. Mm. Um, I just don't think he's been utilized as correctly to what Kellen Moore had mind utilizing him for. Yeah. Like, whereas under Scott Linehan, under that more traditional type of offense, yep. you actually get to see more of the best. You saw more, like, he was more effective under the running game under Linehan. And I never yeah. thought I would ever say that. Because like, mm. if that's one thing we thought we were happy about was getting rid of Scotland in the hand. But yeah. but we wanted to we weren't too happy about appointing Kellen Moore up to OC. We weren't like we we would rather had got someone from Mike McCarthy's side to bring in and yeah. just maybe even keep Kellen Moore as your QB coach or, or, at the moment, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But it is what it is. So it is and like
1: it's, it's one of the worst things, Paul, and I know we kind of mentioned this. I think we were chatting about this privately enough on Sunday. Mm. The hate that was being directed at Kellen Moore by some, and I'm not blaming it, I'm not saying uh, everyone. It's, it's unfair.
0: Like, don't yeah. get me wrong, I'm not a fan of him. Um, but he's a nice guy, like, yeah, he does not deserve actual hatred. Like, no. like, end of the day, like, people make mistakes at jobs. Yeah, but, but they don't deserve to be absolutely crucified and get the uh, stacks that like the torch and pitchforks out. You know what I mean? So yeah. Um, but it'd be very really interesting to see how he work. He goes outside of Dallas. I'm. I, yeah. I will say. Um, if, if that's one thing, if, if history repeats itself, is when Dallas coaches leave Dallas, they tend to have a better career. And yeah. Um, that I'm quite curious to see what happens, actually.
1: Yeah, and it's it's the one thing that I uh, and again I know we talked about this is will there be a bit of revisionist history in a year's time mm. or two years time if the Chargers do go on mm. and become a little bit successful? Will it be why did we get rid of Kellen Moore? And what no, I'd no. like to remind people is how many people said, "Let's get rid of Moore. Let's move on. It's time to go." So hopefully yeah. in two years there won't be, we, we made, we, look, you'd hope for his sake he has a successful career.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, I, I think you know. with, yeah, I think with like a more, like this is also a learning curve for him. Yeah. Like, he'll know what he has done wrong and he might want to kind of approach this differently to his new job role, where, like, if it yeah. is the Chargers. Um, so, but yeah, but, I mean, wish him all the best. That's all we can yeah. really say, really, but but yeah. the hate, is, the hate, like I said, is unjustified. Yeah,
1: and it is. Like the it, guy, the guy was doing his job. He lost his job. I think anyone trying to put the boots in, you know, we rag on that team for their fans. Our own fans can sometimes
0: be pretty damn harsh. You know, well, well we are the harshest critics of our own team than we any other team, team in the NFL. It's yeah. because we do, we do help, held us upside, held high to very mm. high expectations every year because we are the richest sports franchise in the world, not just in American football, but in all of sports. Yeah, uh, We are the world's team. That is a fact. Um, not just America's team. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and, and, and the players that we, we do have, We know on our best given day, we can Mm -hmm. beat anyone, especially this season. Despite, before the season started, we thought it was a goner season. We thought we would have been, what, eight and, I don't know what the, eight, 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 yeah, like, we we might maybe on the cusp of a winning record because Mm -hmm. we were up against the Rams, the Bengals, the two Super Bowl teams. We didn't expect to beat those teams this year, not by a long shot. We didn't expect yeah. to beat the Vikings in the dominant fashion that we did. We didn't expect to beat, uh, who else? Philly. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, but there is games where that we should have won and we didn't. Yeah. And that goes back yeah. to that ma- magical world we've been talking about all year, is that consistency. And. Yeah. Um, like if 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 we move on from Kellen Moore
1: a little bit, I mean he wasn't the only offense or not. I was going to say offensive. He wasn't the only coach who has left the building. I mean yeah. Joe Philbin, Skip Heath,
0: Gary I'm, Brown. I'm, I'm all gone. I'll be, I'll be perfectly honest. I'm a bit surprised with Joe Philbin to be honest because he has improved. Mm. Like yep. this <laughs> year's. Like don't get me wrong. There was still a, look, just in case anyone's wondering, Brian. Has a little bit yep. of a sneeze. <laughs> um, so if you hear a big sneeze, that's that's Bryce, So don't—he's he's all good. <laughs> um, but yeah, but um, when it comes to Joe Philbin, I've been one of his harshest critics, of probably uh, of all of us, because obviously I used to play offensive yep. line. And I know what is expect. I know what's expected. I've even coached the line for the, our women's team here in Scotland and stuff like yep. that. And it's. I, you have seen a gradual progression with Joe Philbin, like, yeah. two two thousand 2021 was probably his worst season, mm-hmm. um, as our OCA offensive line coach, but this year he really did turn it up a bit. We managed to get yeah. that, con- yeah. con- we managed to get that continuity and yeah. what was happened. Now Tyler Biadish is now an alternate and to the Pro Bowl and rightfully so, he deserves yeah. to. So, yeah. and Biadish had a great season. Like, I don't, yeah. like, and, and that's another thing we do not expect. It's like a lot of these players that are they really going to make it for the team, like in the long run? Steele, mm-hmm. Bayadish, The answer is yes. The answer yeah. is yes. Yeah. So I'm quite I, surprised. I'm, I'm, but like I said, Brian, I'm just generally quite surprised about Joe Philbin. But I'm, but again, I'm very intrigued to see who um mccarthy will bring in this time for OC yeah. uh o so c m um our offensive line coach we're going to get are going to get that more colombo type of coach the one is more focused on the run blocking like if there's one thing that we did execute quite well was in pass blocking to a certain extent don't get me wrong mm. we we're, were still guilty of, ho- of penalties and stuff like that but yeah. it, it was improved this year there yeah. was a, there was a decline from the previous season um but a lot of those came from our rookie Tyler Smith, which is yeah. which is a it's fair, fair. It's fair. You're a rookie. You're still learning the game. You're still learning. You're you can be a wee bit ultra aggressive. You're trying to, out there to try and prove your point, type of thing, and you might force yourself into a mistake, yeah. understandably. So hopefully, whoever we bring in can actually kind of like break down the foundations of the o line in terms of the blocking, footwork, technique. Everything, so yeah, I'm all You're for going, it. I'm,
1: I'm, I'm gonna get you salivating here, Paul. Nathan, as a name for the offensive line coaching, okay, Big Duke Manny Weather.
0: How about that, oh, mate? Could you imagine <laughs> yeah. the the guy that is responsible for Terrence the steel's mm. growth and byadish and byadish? I may add. That that man, single-handedly in this off-season, elevated their careers. Yep. Just this off-season alone, just by training with Duke whoever this off-season. So I don't I don't know if Duke wants to go into coaching like that. I think he's happy of actually bringing the colleges and getting them up to that pro ready. Yeah. Like like getting him, getting him ready to play in the pros. <laughs> And, and get, getting them back every offseason, increase their weight, their size, their strength and their speed and everything when it comes to that certain position. So, um, I don't know. I mean, I'm in favour of it, but in terms of like, the playbook, in terms of the blocking scheme, how mm-hmm. well does he adapt to that? Because obviously whoever our OC or Mike McCarthy might want to outline in terms of the offence... That yeah. might not, that might not A compliment the offensive line coach in terms of blocking. Who knows? So, <laughs> so I, I think it's more to find. We need to find a coach that does meet the criteria, but understands how our head coach and OC wants to execute those plays more importantly. Yeah.
1: And like the one, the one thing from the coaching changes that I've noticed is McCarthy acts a lot of his own guys. So, Obviously, we've mentioned, um, Joe Philbin. Yeah. yeah. George
0: Edwards' on as well. As the state of final, if Kellen (sighs) Moore, I know we keep jumping back and forth here, but if if Kellen Moore was not going to be our OC, it would have been Joe Philbin. He would have been the OC. Yep. But not not many people remember that. Yep. Because, like, he still wanted to bring Joe Philbin on board in some type of coaching role. But he had him as his OC at Dream Bay for a couple of years, and I thought that I would have thought that'd be the more logical choice. Well, mm. yeah, as well as
1: yeah, say Levy, and let's let's see what happens in the off season as as the roles change. Mm. But I suppose, look, one of the other things we wanted to talk about, obviously, the divisional rounds have been or the championship games have been played, and. It is that team against the Chiefs in Super Bowl Fifty Seven.
0: I will say, go Chiefs. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, go AFC. Yeah, AFC all the way this time. Like, I just can't. I just can't. I just don't want to see Philly getting another yeah. one. Like, oh. Yeah. I mean, I
1: again. We talk. We we were all talking about this during the game. I mean. When is a catch a catch anymore? Because on the very first drive, they were smart enough with this, they got moving quick enough. Devontae Smith dropped the ball. Yeah. And it was uh, still giving us a catch.
0: Yeah, and San Francisco
1: yes. didn't challenge.
0: They didn't have they didn't have the time to actually try to take a breather and actually look to yeah. say, oh wait, hold on That, that was not a catch. Yeah. Um, but knowing only just that The referees completely missed at least three situations where Lane Johnson actually jumped offside in the line. Yep. Yep. Like it was like, you're talking about Lane Johnson's back foot kick steps back and the ball's not even snapped yet. I mean, what in the hell was that? Yeah. So very true. And, and the Hassan Riddick changed that game. Yeah. He really did. Like that, um, Collision went on to Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy really changed, yeah. like it changed the whole dynamic of that game so early on, and you just he you just knew after that the heroes had the the Eagles had that game, unfortunately. Um, mm. But it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: just flicking back here, Elizabeth has asked us a question. In terms, of, is McCarthy passive in calling plays? I would say no. I think he's a mixed bag, to be honest. I'd say he's i I'd say he's more aggressive than Kellen. It seemed to be for me that a lot of the fourth down calls that he went for were all stemming from McCarthy saying, "Let's go, let's move." Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I I would say he is aggressive, and he can he can do it. But again, it's going to depend on if we bring in an OC. Yeah. Who's left it. Yeah. A
0: time will, I think that's a time will tell situation. I mean, yeah, it's going to be. a it, it could be any day till we might get an announcement. Who we might bring in, who knows. It's just one of those ones. We just need to keep alert on social media and the Cowboys dot com. Start it like NewsWire, pretty much, mm. and find and just to wait and see uh, what happens or NFL insiders like so yeah, uh, uh, Ian Rappaport and stuff like that. So we just need to kind of keep an eye out for whatever happens going forward. So, um mm. but yeah, interesting times ahead
1: for next season. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just literally checking, checking my phone here as we speak, Paul, because one of the names I suggested for OC is going. We can chalk them off the list. Yeah. It looks like Sean Payton is going to the Broncos. Themselves and the Saints are. I, quite I, 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 I do, I
0: do not want Sean, I would not even want Sean Payton as an OC. Nope. I, I would not want that. like no. so he's going to the Broncos.
1: Yeah. They're wow. Working on compensation now, as we speak. Wow. Okay. So that's, that's coming from Adam Schefter. Wow.
0: It's yeah. going to be. It's going to be very interesting to see what he does with uh, Russell Wilson. Here and, we go with mm. with the comment from Steve. He must be. He must Absolutely be man. Must be. Uh, Well, well, don't forget, like coaching, coaching uh, salaries is not part of the salary cap, so he could be getting paid pretty much more than most players that are in the roster right now. Yeah, like as head coach, Elizabeth, as head coach, yeah, The Broncos head coach. Wow, that is nuts. Like, I would have (laughs) thought, like, like, um, if anything, I I wouldn't expect. Peyton to maybe even go to the Texans to try and revive th- that franchise. But, like, yeah. I and think they're, they're, they're not as, like, like as much as the, the Texans can be a bit of a laughing stock, no offense, Houston, but you are. But they're not as dysfunctional after what has happened to Denver this year. Like, the Texans
1: have a first round pick this year. Yeah, you Bronco, know? yeah <laughs> they gone. didn't. You know the Broncos mortgaged the house and the farm and everything else on Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson absolutely looks done for,
0: absolutely done for. Um, What, What what would you say is the first priority on Sean Payton's list as head coach for the Broncos in terms of to try and help the team get picks back, get picks in.
1: If that's, if that's acid strip and just go, do you know what? Russell Wilson, sorry, it's not going to work. Yeah. Ring the Jets, ring the text and say, Hey, we're prepared to move on from this guy. Give us something. Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, trade them away. Gregory. Randy Gregory. Randy Gregory. There is another huge contract that they're, mm. you know, get out of it and 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 start rebuilding like it's the one thing with Sean Payton he will always try and build his trenches he spent a lot of time in the last five years building up that offence flying in yeah
0: like because like, you've got really uh, what was it uh, Caesar Ruiz or something Caesar Ruiz yeah yeah, he was, yeah and there was the other guy the, the centre that he drafted in the first round oh he, like those were really good picks from Sean Payton I will give him yeah. credit for that like yeah like so like he was reinvesting like trying to protect Drew Dweeze at all times pretty much. So yeah. I gotta give him credit for that. Um and he and he always seemed to manage to start um, find a gem of a wide receiver out of nowhere where like a like Michael Thomas when he was yeah. the guy he was the guy at one point. So yeah. eighteen um, months Michael Thomas was the best receiver in the league. Yeah, and it's crazy how things have changed and it's the yeah. same way, Al- same with Alvin Kamara as well. Like, he was a yeah. force as well, and he's went downhill. So, yeah. So, at the uh, end, like, it's a thing is the challenge that might be actually, Peyton might be really intrigued by it. Like, the more impossible challenge. Yeah. Fair as, play. You, as you
1: say, they might have backed up a Brinks truck into his yard. Oh, fine, baby. <laughs> but, um, Looking, at, looking at the other side of the championship games, once more another classic oh which the, that was... the Bengals. Joey B was there in the last minute, still with a chance.
0: Yeah, I f- like at some point, I will say I think Joe Burrow will be a future Super Bowl champion at some point in his career. But yeah. if that's if that's the way he's playing, he's he's taken to the Bengals now to two AFC Championship games. One Super Bowl, and he's yep. only in his third season. Yeah, and not to mention, he was out for pretty much four a season, yeah, his rookie year. Yeah, so for him to come back and do that with a depleted offensive line, don't get me wrong, yeah. no, they have they have recruited, but they yep. haven't they haven't elevated to help protect Burrow, Botto, and Burrow's still out there guns singing it, he's still throwing the ball out to Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. T. Higgins, yeah. Yeah, and uh, handed handing the ball off to Joe Mixon. So uh he's a good he's a good quarterback. I will give him his due. Uh, yeah. and, and I think in the future, I think like of Burrow, he, he will be a Super Bowl champion, whether it's with the Bengals, um, for the foreseeable future <laughs> or some other team maybe in the future.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I I know a certain Mr. Jamie is watching in and he's screaming, get Joey B to Dallas
0: do you imagine the draft capital where you would have to try and get him oh god you would, you would have to, it would literally be more than what's his name the running back for the Saints. it was under mike Ditka. Um, oh ricky williams yeah i think that would be even more than that to try if so any team doesn't matter yeah. what position that you are you would have to give up two years of all your draft for one player pretty much yeah That's the way I I find. That's the way how they would have to do it. Yeah. Like Um, yes, I I, yes, I I like this comment from Joe. So Joe just made the comment saying Joe Burrow should be topped in the same category as Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. I think so already. He's already kind of he's already kind of proved that. He's he's tooting a team that always struggled in the playoff scenario. He's now tooting them, like I said, to two AFC Championship games and now a, a Super Bowl from last year. And he's done a great job. Joe Burrow's done a, an exceptional job. And he like, likes having a good cigar after a win. So yeah. I can't I can't complain with
1: that. Uh, Steve is saying there's no chance the Ohio boy leaves the Bengals. He went to LSU, Steve. You know, and I, I'd i say Dave Hellman is in his GM's every day. Please come to Dallas.
0: Oh, yeah. I know my boy will be doing that for a get-go. That's for sure. Yeah, even absolutely. like I still remember when it was Dave Hel- Dave Hellman's birthday one year, and he got a phone call from Leonard Fournette before the draft to wish him yeah. a happy birthday, and uh, he tried to persuade him to come to Dallas type of thing. Even though it was it was never going to happen, because, yeah. because we already had Zeke, yeah, but but, uh, but but playing with the idea was I actually thought it was quite funny. Like like Dave has a big influence when it comes to LSU players. It really does, yeah. Absolutely. Um,
1: the other thing, Paul, that we, we 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 said we'd have a quick little chat about. Obviously, look, we know there's 21 free agents, and we kind of said we'll 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 pick out two two players each and have a little chat about this. Yeah, you know, of all of the our free agents, I'm not talking about outside free agents. And Mike and the guys will go in a bit more depth in this uh, over the next few weeks. Um, give me. Two players that you think have to be brought back and have to be re signed. Leighton Van Der number
0: one, without a shot sure of a doubt. Yep. Like to me, like he's really proved to show how fundamental he is under Dan Quinn. Now yep. that Dan now that Dan Quinn's coming back, let's not forget yep. that. Dan Quinn is now yep. coming back for another year and he says he's got unfinished business. So that'll <laughs> light the fire. That'll want to keep players staying in Dallas as well. And the way how and it was very evident when LVE was not in amongst those games, we missed a gap in that linebacker core. Yep. Like, like the especially in the run defense, and that's one of our biggest Achilles this year was our run defense. Mm-hmm. Se- second one, I would you, you could it's a toss up between Hankins and the offer and like I said, like your Terrence steel and. But like, I will even I will even say Conor Mcgovern I will say that, mm. but I would say more Terrence Steele because I think we yeah. like he's proved himself <laughs> he can he can be like, like, if, like I will say if Terrence Steele never got that injury this year he will be in the Pro Bowl easily mm. easily yeah as a right tackle maybe may, may not be first choice but he will, would have been an alternate for sure yeah um.
1: I I I agree with your two picks. Um, they will be the exact same for who I would bring back in that order. Um, obviously I said we'd have to do different ones, so I'm I'm going to say Jonathan Hankins, right? Because again, as you said, when himself and Leighton Van Der Esch were out, there was a huge problem. The run defense was not working. Teams were starting to run all over us. And you saw when they came back in when in the Tampa
0: wildcard round. hundred percent. It was so evident. It was so like Hankins is a, a true zero to one technique defensive tackle. Yeah. Like he's not your free tip, like and as much as it pains me to see seeing some of the guys that are unlikely to come back, like my yeah. guy like I'm like everyone knows I love Neville Gallimore. I loved him back in college. Yeah. Loved him. It's just unfortunate. He's never really went up to his ex, my expectations, especially <laughs> like, yeah, like we, we saw glimpses of him in certain games, but I don't know if from last year when he uh, injured his elbow. Yeah. Uh, during preseason. I find that may have kind of not had a knock on effect in his development a little bit. So, um, yeah. 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 Like Gallimore
1: is going to be more a victim of a cap casualty rather than yeah. the undrafted free agents. Yeah, um, I totally agree with you. Yep. In in more breaking news than it is, it does seem to be the show tonight. Yeah. That uh, there is another head coaching appointment coming in. Steve has flagged it up here. D'Amico Ryans wow.
0: to the Texans six years. That's that's a I have to say that's a good appointment actually for the Texans. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good appointment.
1: For 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 me, like, there's been two two outstanding of our position, yeah, um, mm. or coordinators. Sorry, coordinators. Eric Bienni, Danico Ryans.
0: I don't know how they haven't got head job, head coaching jobs. Eric Bienni is number one. Like, I, I yeah. don't know if the a, he's just really happy in the situation where he's at, or he's promised. The head coaching role after, um, what's his name? Head coach. Andy Reid. Andy Reid, do we go. How can yeah. I forget that? I think Andy Reid. Like, I think once Andy Reid, um, retires and that, then I'll be Ellie Barron on his job for, for guaranteed pretty much. Yeah. Um, I find out that's why he's kind of home because he wants to kind of stay and work with my homes pretty much. So, yep. um, cause he's had interviews. He's just never, yeah. he's never really want to, move away really. He's happy where he is, so but he is one of the he's one of the best OCs out there and he will be a head coach at some point. We just don't know when. We just don't know when.
1: It kinda reminds me a little bit of Norv Turner. Because Norv Turner loved working with Troy Aikman. Absolutely Mm -hmm. loved. And was always I think for five years he was interviewing and never left Dallas. And it, it only seemed to be case once Jimmy left
0: that he moved on. Oh, we've actually got ourselves a a good big question for the future mm. here. So thank you, Joseph Terrell, for the question. So yeah. let us bring let us bring it up on the screen. So he's asked us, who do you see us taking in the first three rounds of the draft? Are you yeah. like right, so? Are we talking about positions or actual players? Because we're still kind of scouting who we're kind of yeah. looking at right now. So we don't really have many names yet because the season's just ended. So yeah. we're going to meet Brian, especially, and Mike. They're going to do their extensive homework on all these college players. So, But position-wise, um, Brian, do you want to go first? So for me, the
1: the, the three positions that we need, interior offensive line. Yep. Um, we need a second cornerback. And I've, I, I've said this for a long time. We need another Edge. They're the three that I'm looking Ooh, okay. at. Okay. Because what I noticed at the end of the season was we tailed off. Our production from our Edge is tailed off because everyone knows who Tank is. Everyone knows who Micah is. And oh, what's his name? Someone. The guy every year. Sam Williams, we, we didn't see enough of, so I'm I not going to, I'm not going to you know kind of crap on him. But yeah. Lawrence Armstrong disappeared for the last eight nine games of the season. Chauncey Goldston didn't get much activity,
0: and but, but, that but, but but show, he, he did show late glimpses at the end of the season. Yeah, like, yeah. For, I think, I think for me, like. I've, I would like, I think interior O line is definitely my top of the list, but yeah. I would, I would not be mad if we draft an R wide receiver in the top three. Yeah. I would not be mad about that. Um, yeah. cause obviously with Dream and Tolbert, it's not really kind of worked out so far, but there is still time. There is still time yeah. with Tolbert. Um, yeah. I would like to bring back T.Y. Hilton if possible. We yeah. don't know we don't know the situation where our tight end is short is it's likely yeah. that Dalton Schultz is going to be gone. So we might look at tight end again potentially, or we might yeah. just stick to the whole um feather shot um duel. Um yeah. so and we might we who knows, we might actually draft another linebacker because that's still our lowest um depth in the in the roster still. I think yeah. we've only I think we've only got like, five linebackers really. Yeah. So um, so, but I would not draft a running back, I know, I know, and yeah. and I know and and your your guy is one of your guys from Texas as well, B. John Robinson. Yeah. Like, if there's one, like I will I will give Robinson as true. He is a, an explosive running back, one hundred percent. But past it, past protection, no, no. absolutely not. It, like, no. He will get flatlined and and, Jay, and yeah. our good our, our good friend J Talk did a really great breakdown of that. And like, yeah. I I can't remember what game it was, but he basically was watching the um Kansas State. Was it Kansas State? Yeah. Yeah. That yeah, no, he no. got you got absolutely blown up. I'm like for him to be a running back you, especially if he's running in the first round, he needs to have every type of like every attribute up to a good a good decent level. Yeah. So um yeah, Just
1: I gonna don't. pull, pull, um, Joseph's comment
0: here. TCU, white, <coughs> Yeah, uh, Quentin, is it Quentin, John, Quentin Johnston? Yeah, I, I would, yeah, I would take him in a heartbeat, 100%. Yeah. 100%. If he's there, go for it. Why not? Yeah. But, and this
1: is kind of the, the thing I was talking about with you last week, Paul. In terms of what we take, I think a lot of people got, your knickers in a twist when Mel Kuyper brought out his mock draft and had B. John Robinson there. The
0: Cowboys need to take the best player available. Yeah, it's going really be it's a, it's a BPA year, I think. Yeah. like like it's worked out really well for us the past two uh, past two years with um, Michael Parsons and C.D. Lamb. Yep. So so uh, it's worked out, well. Sorry, two years prior. Like this year was definitely a need for a pick. Yeah. Like. Could we have gotten Tyler Smith if we traded back? Uh, we probably could have. Probably, yeah. Probably, um, but but the two years prior to that, we yeah. picked, we picked the best two players available on that draft, and they have been um, exceptional for Dallas. So I don't see why yeah. not. Why we we, we should uh, change that? If it, if it, if our stunning wide receiver is there at number twenty-six, go for it. Is there a monster of an interior O line there? Go yeah. for it. Like yeah. Whatever makes perfect sense.
1: And this is what I kind of have to keep reminding people is don't get hung up on the name and going, oh my God, they're taking a running back. Oh, we can't do that. You you can't build your board like that. You have to build your board and stack your players according to who is the best player. Because as we said, CD Lamb, was I think was he the seventh, the fifth or the seventh player on their board in 2020?
0: And well, he was and still there at 17. Well, no, he was the sixth wide right receiver Um, in Tim like, that got picked that year, I believe. No, he was you? the first receiver taken. No, 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 what I mean. No, see, the, no, there was other wide receivers were picked before him. No, was see sure. he was first wide right receiver taken. I think. No, nope. Well, Jared Judy was ahead of him. Um, Henry Ruggs was picked before him. Uh, mm. Jam- and Jamar, no, no Ruggs, Jamar Chase was not he here after. Like, yeah. um, well, in fact, hold on. Let, let's just kind of go over that draft here. So, so, but, yeah, no, I think, I think you're right. Yeah.
1: You are um, right in terms
0: of Ruggs and Judy. Yeah. So, so definitely. So let me just double check, um, when we're looking at this. So we right receivers. So the first one was Henry Ruggs. Then it was Jerry Judy, then it was C. D. Lamb at number yeah. 17. Um, so but Jerry had C. D. Lamb as the best player overall in his board. Yeah. Pretty much that year. And yeah. yeah, and and players after that. That was a really good draft year for wide receivers because you had like so Justin Jefferson in there, Brandon yeah. I. Brandon Iute was there, then you had T. Haggis, Michael Pittman Jr. That was a good player that was a good draft for wide receivers that year
1: yeah it really was Steve Steve Zane here always best player available and yeah. like the 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 one thing that i i i will kind of refer you back to and it is it is a Brian broadest thing is when he was in Green Bay the general manager there always took the the, the best player available mike McCarthy has come from that environment yeah. and should know that. And it's one thing we've always seen from Will McClay. He always tends to pick the best player available. So
0: Yeah. And we're we're starting to see more of Will McClay being more of a bigger influence when it comes to the draft now. Yeah. Jerry, like don't get me wrong, CeeDee Lamb was definitely a Jerry pick. But at the same <laughs> at the same time, like you knew like when McClay has done his research and it made it at yeah. the time, especially me, I didn't like the pick initially, but the more I actually thought about it, it made perfect sense. Like yeah. now, kind of looking retrospective about it. And McClay was like adamant, like him and him and Jerry and Stephen yeah. were very high on him, So, um, yeah. but, uh, but the Parsons one, phew, wow, that was just, yeah, that was a, that was, that was a gift. That was a gift. And
1: don't forget, we traded down two spots and still got them.
0: I know, I know. You might, but it would be very hard to imagine Parsons with another team right now. It'd be very hard. Yeah. Just to, like if that was like if the scenario whole changed the whole um pff, the whole draft look like, completely changed that year. Who knows what, what yeah. would have happened? Yeah.
1: You as you say, Paul, it's a lottery. You it really is. No.
0: It really is. Because,
1: like, we, that was our 24-hour show, that that, that, that draft.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we are never doing that again. Never. Never. But
1: everyone we spoke to was JC Horn or Patrick Sertan.
0: Yeah, that was the two names oh, that everyone oh kept on. Or, or um, what's the offensive tackle um, went to the Chargers? Yeah. Uh,
1: Rashawn
0: Slater. Rashawn Slater. Rashawn
1: Slater, yeah. Yeah. So those were the three
0: everyone talked about. Yeah. Right? And when someone mentioned Micah Parsons about that, I love that idea. But people say, yeah. oh, I've been reaching, they took a year gap out type of thing. There was basically four an every source in the book not to pick Micah Parsons on my But it's like, but have you watched his game film? It's like, yeah. I was like, if he can produce that for Dallas, he's definitely going to be an absolute, an absolute superstar. And he's, he's proven that two years in yeah. a row.
1: And I mean, I think it, I think on the day, the two people that went to bat for Micah Parsons were Mickey, and Brad. Yeah, two guys who never agree on anything. They went for it.
0: Yeah, Mickey in particular, because he was like, I remember before we even drafted Parsons, he's like, he's like, hear me out, hear me out. I think we will pet Micah Parsons. I was, yeah, I, I, and I was like, I, I like it. It's like, but, yeah, but how? Surely some team would pick him up before us. Nope, because everyone was talking about, oh, we should try and get Kyle Pitts. <laughs> there was that one. Yeah. JC Horn, Patrick Satane, Deshaun Slater. Those were yeah. the top. Those were the four. Oh, sorry, four guys that we were talking about mostly who was going to yeah. be most likely to fall in our lap. Not like Michael Parsons was pretty much an afterthought at the time. But mm. when you but when you really kind of like process everything, what happens, it's like Parsons would be the best fit under our new defensive corner at the time. It's like, start this new defense with a bang. And what yeah. more to do is that have that hybrid type of style defensive end, linebacker and Micah mm. Parsons. It made perfect sense. And here's the thing.
1: Dan Quinn saw the ability in Mike Parsons to rush the passer. Hmm. Mike Parsons wasn't a, DP, a DPR in college. He didn't tend to do to line up there at all. No. And look what you got out of him, you know?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely crazy numbers. But
0: I'm, I'm, I'll tell you something, Brian. I am very intrigued to see what we're going to do in the later rounds this year, because if that's one thing we've been really good at, and Rome McClay in particular, mm. we've got ourselves some what? bargains at the later rounds. Their own yep. brand. Like, pfft. Man, where the hell did he come from?
1: I I'm going to tell you this honestly, Paul. I didn't even know who Duran Bland or Duran Bland was. Yeah, he was even on my board. And I read two days beforehand. Watch out for Duran Duran Bland. I think it was uh, Rob Phillips was talking about him, and they mentioned he's been in. He was one of the 30 visits. Watch out for this guy. And
0: then what we took him in the fifth round last night. Yeah, yeah, fifth round, and also we picked up um Damon Clark LSU. and, yeah. uh, and a guy that I'm I'm very excited to see when he's got a full season packed up yeah. on him. Like no one expected him to play one snap of football this year. Like people thought yeah. he was going to be an IR all year, shirted, whatever you want to call it. And he came on and there's been a few games where he actually did start and he looked fantastic. You would never thought he just went through a major surgery and he's back on the field already. So yeah. And, and this guy before the surgery, he was tempted to be at least a second rounder, at least. Yeah. So we got ourselves in our bargain about that. So I think there'll be another, like, depending this year, players might have a little bit of, baggage or something like that, who knows, they will probably probably fall down and we might end up picking them up. I'm going to give everyone on the show
1: a tip. Watch out for Devin Harper next year. Mm. Devin Harper was one of the best players on the Oklahoma State team for two, three years playing at linebacker. The Cowboys drafted him and basically redshirted him for 2022. They knew they weren't going to get production out of him as well. And I'd say watch out for him in preseason. watch what he's doing and watch for an impact from him.
0: The guy I've been looking at right now, and I can't freaking remember his name, is the guard from Florida. Right Osiris now. Johnson. That That's the one, Osiris. It's, it was a George, real short... George, Sorry,
1: I was thinking of Zion Johnson at the same time.
0: <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> Like, if, if we were to get him, that guy would be a massive contribution to the guard position, I think. Yeah. Like, he is a natural guard. He's not a tackle trying to be a guard like we're trying yeah. to do with Tyler Smith. Tyler Smith is a tackle. Yeah. That's a fact. Yeah. Like, I, 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 I don't, if that's one thing I just don't like is shifting offensive linemen into a position they've really mm-hmm. Perfect, not perfect the craft, but work their craft majority in one certain position. That's why Zach Martin is one of the best because he refuses to play any other position but right guard. That's why he's one, that's why he's one of the best. And, and,
1: and the thing with Zach Martin, he played left tackle almost exclusively during his time at Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. so, the comment here from Steve in Tyrus Wheat that Mike flagged up for the D line is a good watch. Mm. If anyone hasn't seen or doesn't follow Mike, who is at yeah, make sure you do. Mike is popping yeah. out great little articles every day of guys to watch.
0: Yeah, Mike is on fire right now. Go and follow Mike, like Brian said, at Cowboy on Twitter. He's posting some really good insights to players that you may have never heard of before. It's yeah. Maybe it's worth watching. So I recommend you guys go and check that out on Twitter.
1: Yeah. And just pulling up another comment here. So Joseph obviously knows who I, knew that I would know this. The next year I draft Hudson Card in 2024 from Purdue, who uh, was transport, port, transport portal pickup. From the University of Texas, he will be a guy who will be a career backup. Um, and flipping back to what you said earlier, Paul, there mm-hmm. about guys in the late round, I will not be surprised this year if the Cowboys take a quarterback in between I, I, round I, five and seven.
0: Yeah, I think that's not inevitable. I, mean, I can't even sit in inevitable. I can is that the right word? No, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. So <laughs> um but yeah, I think it's kinda of expected to like get someone other than Cooper Rush as well. Like I think Cooper Rush will still be here. I think we just need that extra for a guy that like we did yeah. like the uh, the whole Ben Dunitzhi thing. He's now Winner. in the XFL. Yeah. Um there's the the kid from Carolina we brought in. Will Greer. Will Greer. Yeah. I don't see it like he's a very like type of running style kind of quarterback. I don't see that being the yeah. case. But if we're, if we're going for West Coast offense going to forward, don't see yeah. that working as much. So I think we probably will end up drafting the quarterbacks more suited for the West Coast type of style offense potentially. Yeah. Um, but and yeah. This is a deep, deep, uh, I was going to say a wide receiver. It's a deep
1: quarterback class. Yeah. There's a lot of guys. There, who you can pick up in those later rounds. I'm thinking of a guy like maybe Adrian Martinez. Mike will probably be screaming at me, no. But someone like that, there will be guys in that that range in that fifth, to seventh round that you can pick up. You know, look at look look at what San Francisco did with Brock Purdy, Mister Irrelevant.
0: One and oh and don't. And all, and don't forget Tony Romo on draft. Yeah. Don't forget. Don't forget the supposedly goat Tom, Tom Brady, yeah. like one hundred <laughs> pick one one hundred and ninety nine. So yeah. you can uh, that. It, 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 it keeps going back to what I always say: the draft is a lottery. You just don't know. Yeah. Like you can measure, have all these measurements, stats, whatever, and that, but how you transition into the pros is a completely different story. Some some late round players can easily transition more because because the steam or whatever that some players early round players that get drafted the pressure might be too much for them and they can't produce the goods anymore like can't can't do it it happens yeah like take Josh Rosen prime example yeah like that guy was really like he was touted to be a really good quarterback and he completely he just couldn't handle it. He did not handle it at all. I'll, 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 I'll give you this one. Myself and Mike both called that
1: he'd be a huge bust. Didn't get the hype, and never thought he'd make it. And I think he went tenth overall in his class.
0: Yeah, he was. Um, I think that was Kyle Kingsbury's first ever draft pick. No, that was was it not? Um That was Kyler Murray.
1: So, he's drafted by the Cardinals. Oh, wait,
0: wait, wasn't, wasn't, wasn't wasn't Kingsbury th- the head coach the year before that, though? I don't think he was. Uh, but, again,
1: open to correction on that one. I'll double-check. Yeah. <laughs> make, sure sure.
0: make sure we all get our facts straight. <laughs> uh, right, so, let me see. Our Josh Rosen. So, while I'm looking that up, is there anything else we can mention before we, we go off? Look, I think,
1: like that, look, our off season programme we do we do intend to go twice a week. We are looking to kind of Thursdays will will be the more um you know free agency building the roster for next year. Tuesdays we will be looking back or looking at our project prospects, which will be reviewing some of the draft prospects in a bit more depth. Um, so make sure you do tune in. As we said, myself and Paul said, we don't need you 25 to 30 minutes. It's an hour up now, Paul, at this stage. I know. I wouldn't, I
0: wouldn't expect them as the last this long, to be honest.
1: Yeah. Well, as we say, this is the great thing is when you've comments flying in and this is, as we say to you folks, we always love the comments. We always pull up what you're saying to us. So, you know, you guys are the MVPs of this show.
0: No, you, you were right, Brian, it was the same year as uh Caller Murray. You were right. Yeah. 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 It was the previous coach that did it. Or the so, GM.
1: Yeah. So look, as we said, Paul, we, we we've got an hour out of it and you know we'll we'll start wrapping it up. So if I'll throw it over to you and you can give the regular shout outs. Yep. Yeah. So there we go.
0: Yes, guys, if you're planning on going to a Dallas Cowboys game for 2023, be sure to go to uh, cowboysexperience.com for meet and greets, stadium tours, game tickets, tailgating, and much, much more. Get to meet players like, as you can see on the screen here, Micah Parsons, Jane Overcheck, Drew Pearson, Zach Martin, Travis Frederick, and many, many more.
1: Absolutely. And if you want to give the big one a shout out,
0: Yes. And also with our sponsor travel experience, we do have our travel package, which does include the game tickets, tours, the meet and greets and much more, which could potentially include some college football in there as well. So be sure to go, uh, but we are planning going Thanksgiving time this year. So that's where we're planning going. Uh, more information will be available on our Facebook group and you can also contact Calvus Experience for more information if you want to come along with us and hang about with our crazy selves. Yep,
1: yeah, absolutely. And um, the thing, the thing we would recommend for everybody is look, start booking your
0: your travel. Your, yeah. yeah, yeah, get get, get, yeah. Your, get your flights booked as soon as possible, and yeah. uh, and work around that. Um, yeah. like recommendation, like would be trying to do a Tuesday to Tuesday. Because obviously yep. the, cause the Thanksgiving game is going to be on the Thursday, and after that you've got the whole weekend for college, whatever and that. Do yep. what you want, chill out after that. Just chill out with your friends on the Sunday for NFL Sundays, go to the bar, whatever and that. Yep. And yeah, that, that, that's what we're kind of looking at. We're doing the Tuesday to Tuesday of Thanksgiving yep. week, uh, over the Thanksgiving week. And and it seems to be the cheapest day to travel in terms of flying anyway. So yeah, that's what we would recommend. And that, that's something I will be uh, explaining on my, uh, my, my, my travel vlog I'm currently working on based on last year, which is um, how much does it cost, how to save money when you're in Dallas, what type of bank card do you need? Mm-hmm. All the things to try and help save you guys some money and try and get more bang for your buck yep. when you're over there. So, but yeah, let's do it. And listen, if you want to give the final shout out, Paul. Yes, guys. Be sure to go and follow, uh, follow our fellow content creators, Um, like the uh, SB Nation's blogging the boys, where you can see in Mike's articles in here, like myself and the very beautiful Meg Murray talking about the world's team. You can also hear uh the official cowboys.com channels, like the handling the boys, talking cowboys, the great next shots. That's the entire... Mentioned there, Big Game James. Go and check them all out. And I think, Brian, you kind of went very loud on the outro movie. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on with that? <laughs> so, I'll, I'll try, try, try that now. There. there we go. That's there we go. But, there, but also, we will say, I don't know if you see the guys in the box bottom, uh, bottom corner, Cowboys, Candleston. Like we did mention, the Thanksgiving weekend, it is going to be an international takeover. So, we're going to have friends from Germany, Spain, particularly yep. Canada. The UK are going to represent the Cowboys and it's going to be an international extravaganza for Thanksgiving this year. I'm
1: sure, I'm, I'm sure Stephen will probably be over from Irish Cowboys as well. Um, oh, that would be great. Yeah, so Stephen, if you're watching, make sure and get in touch with me and we'll organise something. Um, but as we say, look, Thursday night, nine o'clock here in UK and Ireland, four o'clock on the west or on the east coast, three o'clock Texas time, and one one p.m. on the west coast of America. Mike, Paul, and the guys will be back to give you a rundown through some stuff like free agency and some priorities. Yes, was a
0: good night for me. And Paul, I let you wrap it up. Uh, that's a good night for me. And as always, Dallas forever, Dallas forever.
1: You're
0: nice. <laughs> yes, you're late, unfortunately, David. We're gonna have to say we're gonna have to say goodbye again. But I Labarski! I Labarski. I love <laughs>